0: From the American Association of Nurse Practitioners, I'm your host, AANP President, Sophia Thomas. And this is NP Pulse, the voice of the nurse practitioner. Welcome to NP Pulse, A. AANP's official podcast, bringing you unique nurse practitioner voices and expertise on issues that matter to NPs and our patients. There's some big news coming out of AANP this month. If you haven't already heard, your association welcomed a new chief executive officer on March 1st. And I'm so excited about what this means for AANP and the future of the NP role. The CEO is charged with executing the vision of the AANP Board of Directors and really overseeing AANP's Austin, Texas, National Headquarters and our Washington, DC, Government Affairs Office. Bringing more than 20 years of experience working with organizations on strategic planning, driving membership growth, developing advocacy initiatives and cultivating partnerships, both domestically and internationally, I am so thrilled about what we will accomplish together. Please give a big AANP welcome to your new CEO, John Fanning.
1: Welcome to NP Pulse. Sure, and I really appreciate the opportunity to speak with everybody and really look forward to working with you as well, Sophia and the rest of the board on behalf of our members. And As an aside, one of the staff people told me today that it seems like I've been a CEO of the organization for more than three days, and I chose to take that as a compliment. So
0: (laughs) I'm so glad you're here. You know, first thing I want to do is introduce you to our listeners. So uh, tell us a little bit about yourself.
1: uh, To give you some highlights of my professional career. I started my career at the American Academy of Orthopedic Surgeons, where I helped to staff the healthcare delivery and work comp committees. I was also excited to help them start and then staff the organization's first ever diversity committee. And then I moved on to the American Medical Association, where I was promoted several times throughout my 13 years there. I spent about six years in the private sector advocacy department, writing publications, one of which interesting enough, they continue to update to this day and use in their advocacy and media efforts related to health insurers. I also helped to develop testimony for the APA president, served on background for the media, and worked with the federal and state lobbyists. I spent the remaining six years rapidly building the younger segment of membership and was asked to take on the LGBT Advisory Committee as, um, a leadership component of mine, and implement policies for the organization. I was then recruited by the CEO of the American Psychiatric Association, which is where I spent the past seven years before coming to the AANP. During my time there, my roles included chief membership officer, chief strategy officer, and interim chief financial officer
0: well you have an amazing cv and all of your accomplishments and really getting involved in these organizations in a very detailed way has definitely prepared you for taking on this role at a and p your experience is just so impressive and some people say wow our new ceo comes from medicine and that's kind of surprising but i tell you what just seeing your resume and hearing your story which i'm so glad you're going to share with us today there is no question to me that you were definitely the person for the job so I'm just curious, what made you choose AANP, given your medical background?
1: Thanks, Sophia. And I, I love the way you hit that right on the head, because that is a question that I get very frequently from both leaders that I've talked to, members and staff. And so let me tell you a little bit about both my personal and professional reasons, as you mentioned. So professionally, I'm, I was inspired by the core values and unlimited potential of the profession and really ANP as an organization. Also, ANP is a nationally recognized, highly respected organization. But on a more personal note, as you mentioned, 2020 highlighted for me the importance of strengthening healthcare across the nation. I really saw firsthand how vulnerable patients, including my dad and his close friends, struggled with access to care. To give you a little bit of context, my parents have lived in an underserved rural area of Illinois for over 50 years. So when my dad got too ill to be transported by car to appointments and physicians wouldn't drive to see him, we couldn't get his prescriptions refilled. So I had family members scrambling and starting to call around and they found an NP that was willing to drive over an hour each way to see him. She came every couple of months for checkups and manages medications and care. This same situation is playing out in families, neighborhoods, and communities across this nation. NPs are answering the call for help, and I wanted to really devote my talents and experience to supporting all of you.
0: That's a great story, and you're right. We hear this story time and time again, and nurse practitioners are improving access to care, which you and I have talked about a great deal. I'm just curious does the nurse practitioner that cared for your dad know that she had such an impact on the life? of your
1: dad and your family so i have not told this incredible person and she doesn't know it because all of the communications um went through my mom and my mom helped to really manage my dad's care but i plan to reach out once i get settled in here and this really goes to show that your devotion and to your patients and your treatment for them not only in the, impacts that person, but also impacts everybody around them.
0: And I'm getting tears in my eyes right now. We love hearing stories like this and how we impact people's lives in just any way we can. And I know my a and colleagues can definitely relate. We'll talk more about John Fanning, the CEO in a bit, but I first wanna ask you about John Fanning, the person. Tell me
1: about where you grew up, your background and your family. Sure. And it's an honor to talk about it. I know not everybody gets the opportunity to talk about kind of their background and how they grew up. And each one of us has a story. And I'm looking forward to hearing all of your stories as we are at conference and as you call in on the phone. So I grew up in a rural area of Illinois. The closest town was about 2,000 people My dad um, primarily fixed cars, but also worked in a variety of other jobs. And I remember him working 10 hours at one job, coming home for dinner, which was really important for him to be home for dinner each night and then going to another job. And that was a time when we all sat around the dinner table and talked about our days, which was so painful at the time when I was younger. But I look back on it with a smile. And so um, also my mom worked at Shapiro Developmental Center, which cares for and treats people with developmental disabilities. She worked in that area for over 50 years as a low level educator and is one of the kindest, um, most thoughtful people that I know. And both of my parents required that my brother and I play sports to learn teamwork, discipline, and for a shot at going to college. So they signed my brother and me up for every sport available, football, basketball, baseball, wrestling, swimming, basketball, everything. So um, we had our hand to try everything to see where we could possibly uh, excel. So thankfully this strategy of my parents actually worked out and I got a combined academic and athletic scholarship for wrestling to attend college And one of the main reasons I have the good fortune of talking with you today. So um, and fast forwarding to right now, my wife and I have been married for about 16 years. And we spend our very limited free time because she's also a professional hiking, vacationing and visiting with friends and family, and soon to be all of the board members frequently on weekends and during conference.
0: Well, I know you're getting used to Austin, and you told me an interesting story about the critters that you're now having to get used to.
1: Yes. Um, it's, And let me start out by saying I love Texas, love Austin, just to get that out of the, out of the way. And uh, so we moved down here, and it's been an interesting start with the critters. We found a couple of scorpions in our garage, and um, to my surprise... You know, my my wife is scared of every bug except for apparently scorpions, because she quickly took care of the scorpion. And then um my neighbor came over and said, um, he gave me this long rod with a hook at the end and said, You're gonna need these for those rattlers that are getting that are gonna get into your backyard during the summer. And my wife and I looked at me and she said, Do you mean does he mean rattlesnakes? I was like, I think so. And he handed us this poll and then said, good luck. If you need anything, we've been in Austin for a while and we'll come take care of it for you if you have any problems. And I said, thank you. And um, we're going to stay in close contact with him and become very good friends.
0: I think so. It sounds like a good idea. So you mentioned growing up and I love the story about your family dinners. And I think you're right. I know my own kids hate to have to share the dinner table with us, but they'll look back on that with fond memories. And that's just great family values. What's your most memorable job when you were growing up?
1: Sure. Um, My most memorable job was working the midnight shift at at a factory in the summers during high school so that I could attend wrestling camp during the day. So <laughs> my responsibilities at this factory range from cleaning toilets, and you got to think dirty jobs excel to give you a visual, to being on the line manufacturing and stamping out welding equipment, to working on individual machines. So I still remember the heat coming off those machines in the middle of summer, the smell of the oil, the dust floating in the air, And the inspiration it really gave me the next day to excel academically and athletically. And then I could share another story with you. Later in college, um, I I was really interested in becoming an attorney. So I worked for the state's attorney part-time during college, and I helped with discovery, which included exchanging information with the defense attorney. So this, this would have been a really interesting career, except for... I quickly learned that the state's attorney's primar- the state's attorney primarily tried high profile murder cases. So I was reviewing all of the logs and the gruesome pictures and the evidence. And that quickly steered me away from law school and to a master's degree in healthcare administration.
0: So let's get back to your career. How has your career prepared you for taking on this role, the role of the chief executive officer of AANP?
1: You know, I consider myself incredibly fortunate to have worked and seen the view at every level of an organization, from an administrative assistant all the way up now to CEO, and I've also managed every major function of an organization. So this gives me an understanding of the culture, the structure, the financials, and also the devoted leadership and staff that work within these organizations to really drive the mission.
0: Yeah, and that's so important. And definitely getting back to your CV, it was clearly evident that you understood really how the gears shift in an organization, and that's so important. In looking at all the candidates that we could have chosen, nobody had more experience in the deep details of an association like you did. And certainly running a hospital is not the same as running an association. It's completely different. So we went through this long process to find our candidate, and we finally found you and signed you, and it was amazing. Our CEO retired at the end of last year, and I've been serving as acting CEO until you came on board this March 1st, which I was so happy for that day. But tell us, how have you spent these last few months preparing for the position? I know you and I have met regularly, and you've been doing a lot
1: of homework. Yes, and thank you for the regular call, Sophia, and for always being available to talk with me, for letting me bounce stuff off of you, and asking probably naive questions Given my background, um, I know one side of the ten and i'm I'm learning the other. so it's it's really appreciative. I'm really appreciative of both you and board members taking time to really bring me up to speed. So I've had one on one phone calls with all the board members and about half of the staff. I've also started joining staff meetings to learn about major projects, attended webinars. The most recent one I attended the Um, diversity and health equity webinar, which was really great. Reviewed the research studies and started discussing the strategic initiatives and also have gone through the history of the organization and was really, really honored to speak with both Dr. Loretta Ford and Jan Towers and to get some advice and some, uh, um, some thoughts that they had with a new CEO coming into the organization and really what they wanted to see. I tell
0: you, that's so important, maintaining our history as we continue to move on into the future. And I can say as a nurse practitioner, as president of the association, I appreciate the amount of detail that you went through to really get a keen understanding about the association and how the day-to-day operations run, but to understand the history and really the detail that you went through with looking at all of these documents and everything was just so impressive. You spending the last few months really getting up to speed on our association. And while you've been doing this review and really doing all of this education and research about NPs and the association, what are some positive things that you've noted during this time?
1: You know, Through all of the conversations and meetings, one thing is clear, A&P leadership and staff demonstrate a tireless commitment and passion for patient care, the profession and the organization as a whole. You can really tell they are all in, which is so inspirational and such a motivation to both staff and for external people to see. And I'm also impressed with our media presence and our public relations campaigns, our advocacy leadership, And the research we're doing to really support all of these efforts and really drive those efforts at both the local and state level. Also, we have such a robust CE center, and it will only become more robust over time, especially for our younger members, especially our students.
0: Absolutely. And that's something that this year we've really tried to put a focus on is offering more resources to students. I was talking to one of my colleagues just a couple of days ago and just saying A&P offers so many resources for members, for students, for prospective students, and there's so much on our website. And I encourage them to just take an hour to go through all the different resources that we try to offer our members. Um, You know, when COVID started, we immediately jumped up and got our COVID page on our website to try to provide the most up-to-date resources for our members for COVID. And as we saw that the pandemic was wearing on people, and certainly in the healthcare communities, feeling a lot of burnout, stress, and anxiety, we offered an NP wellness page on the website to offer more services, uh, behavioral health services and resources to our members. So, as different things come up, we really try to be responsive to our members and provide them with the resources they need. As you're coming into this position, this is what? This is just a few days that you've been in the role. What are some important areas to you?
1: Sure. And I was really impressed, Sophia, with the organization also offering personal protective equipment um, to the NPs and partnering with another organization to make sure that as soon as you are able to get that equipment and offer to members that you did. So that that was incredible. Um, so what's important to me is that first and foremost, that ANP is a member centric organization. And this includes developing robust member benefits for each segment. And as you as you discussed, we have a lot of them and we just want to continue to build on those and make sure that they're segmented in a way that people really feel like It's they're easy to take advantage of, they're easy to access, and responding to evolving member needs, like with the pandemic that surfaced and all the efforts that you just mentioned around putting up a page, making PPE uh, available, and really making sure that we're looking ahead and doing everything we can to serve our members, and creating an exceptional user experience as both they call into the organization or they're accessing benefits with our in, within our infrastructure and really advancing the organization's public pro, public policy priorities at both the state and federal levels. You know, overall the p as I said is doing great work and I want to help build on the organization's success with both the board and staff and all of members who are looking at what is the best interest of the organization, profession and our patients.
0: That sounds great, and those are so important. The board just updated the mission of AANP, and it's now to empower all nurse practitioners to advance accessible, patient-centered, high-quality health care for diverse communities through practice, education, advocacy, research, and leadership. And as we build on the mission, and as we carry forth the mission of AANP, what is your vision for the future?
1: Sure, and this is something I've, I've thought about both during the interview process and then leading up to the podcast. And my vision of the future is for every NP to make us their professional home as a member, and to amplify our advocacy efforts from the State House to the White House to empower patients with direct access to NP care. And I know that that's, I could elaborate on that. But I think that that's specifically where I'm looking at in order to help advance the organization and help advance the profession
0: well certainly with that vision and your dedication to this position i know you're going to get there and it's a great vision so you've started out of cleaning the toilets and here you are working your way up the ladder to ceo of a national association that is really just amazing so in your life who can you think who would you say has ha, been the most influential person for you, the person in your life that has made
1: the biggest difference to make you the man you are today? Sure. And I smile and thank you for that question. And my mom's been the most positive influence in my life by a lot. So she really helped me to understand how my choices and actions would impact my future she also allowed me to really struggle with difficult decisions instead of telling me her version of what I should and shouldn't do. And she also taught me that life wasn't always fair at an early age and how to learn from those experiences. And I think those, um, that toolbox that she gave me when I was young really helped me as I went through, college and then got into my professional career and was faced with really difficult decisions or difficult problems so that i knew how to work through those and be as thoughtful as possible in that approach
0: and i think a lot of her character has clearly rubbed off on you and i'll tell you kudos to your mom because for a mother to allow their child to struggle with difficult decisions to help them learn decision making that's tough A lot of times we moms just want to tell our kids what they should do, and that's the quick and easy way out. But so props to your mom for raising you in such a way. Um, You know, I think we've covered you as a professional, and certainly that's great to get the perspective as you as John Fanning, the citizen. What would you ask of those who are listening right now? What is your message to
1: them? So first, I want to thank those who are AANP members. And I'd also ask those who are not currently members to join for both the individual member benefits that Sophia mentioned, and the many, many more that you could find on the website, and also to support our efforts to advance the interests of patients in this great profession. We need the passion of leaders and the financial support of members to ensure that every patient has direct access to NP care and every NP can work to the top of their profession.
0: So John, we will definitely list those member benefits in the podcast description so all of those listening can access that. And certainly we do strive to provide our members with many benefits and as much information as we can. We're really dedicated to serving the NP profession and really advancing the access to high quality patient health care for all. Thank you, John, for joining us today. It's been a great segment and your dedication, your energy, your experience and your passion really came through. And I know our
1: members are going to so appreciate you being here with us at AANP. And I appreciate being with you today. And I am truly honored to be your CEO and look forward to working with every one of you. Mm-hmm.
0: Thank you, John. I can't say enough about how excited I am about the innovation you bring and all of the great things that AANP will be doing moving forward. If you wanna be a part of your national professional association and add your voice to 118,000 of your NP colleagues nationwide, I urge you to become an AANP member. Along with the many member benefits linked in this episode's description, AANP provides advocacy for nurse practitioners and our patients fighting for critical issues like full and direct access to care, equity in payments, and changes to outdated laws and regulations. Please subscribe to this podcast, share it with your colleagues, and check back regularly for new episodes. And as always, be kind, be safe, and be the voice of the nurse practitioner.